0: Your news flash for Thursday. 26 April 2018, it's 4pm Singapore time, I'm Sean Low, reporting from Singapore. North Korea's underground nuclear test site has partially collapsed following a massive bomb blast last year, making it unusable, Chinese seismologists have concluded. The North's leader Kim Jong-un declared last week, that his regime would halt nuclear and long-range missile tests and shut down its nuclear site at Punggye Ri under Mount Mantap in the country's northeast. The offer came days before his summit tomorrow with the South's President Moon Jae-in, which is scheduled to be followed by a summit with U.S. President Donald Trump. North Korea conducted five of its six nuclear tests at the site, with the biggest blast last September 3rd, triggering a 6.3 magnitude earthquake that was felt across the northern border with China. The North claimed it tested a hydrogen bomb. Landslides and earthquakes following the explosion led to speculation that the site was suffering from tired mountain syndrome. Two studies involving Chinese experts have found that a 4.1 magnitude aftershock that took place eight and a half minutes after the first quake caused the collapse of rock inside the mountain. The University of Science and Technology of China said in a summary of one study posted on its website. It is necessary to continue monitoring possible leaks of radioactive materials caused by the collapse incident. The university said the study would be published in Geophysical Research Letters, a journal of the American Geophysical Union. An English language extract by the study authors in another section of the university's website concluded. The occurrence of the collapse should deem the underground infrastructure beneath Mountain Mantap not be used for any future nuclear tests. The line about the site being unusable does not appear in the Chinese-language summary, and it was unclear whether it would be included in the journal. One of the study's authors, Bian Zing Wen, of New York's Stony Brook Univers- University, did not immediately respond to emailed questions. A second study led by Chinese scientists, including experts from the China Earthquake Administration, also concluded that the September aftershock had indeed caused a collapse. The second study said, The aftershock was neither a secondary explosion nor a triggered tectonic earthquake. It occurred due to a process comparable to a mirror image of the explosion, that is, a rock collapse, or compaction for the first time documented in North Korea's test site, it said. The second study, however, did not determine whether the site was unusable or leaking radiation. Seismic models, like in this paper, provide only partial understanding of the underground explosions, it said. It added that further studies are necessary to look at radioactive leaks or possible groundwater contamination. The two studies reached their conclusions by looking at data from seismic monitoring stations. China has deployed radiation monitoring stations along its border with North Korea. A state-run newspaper in the northeastern province of Jilin last year published a list of tips on how civilians can protect themselves in the event of a nuclear attack. A non-binding motion by Canada's Senate calling for an end to Chinese actions in the disputed South China Sea is irresponsible and will stir up troubles, a Chinese embassy spokesman, spokesman said yesterday. The Senate, whose members are not elected, passed the measure on Tuesday condemning China's hostile behaviour in the South China Sea, complicating efforts by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to improve relations with China. China's construction of islands and military facilities in the South China Sea, through which some three trillion US dollars in trade passes annually, has sparked concerns that Beijing is seeking to restrict free movement and extend its strategic reach. Canadian Conservative Senator Dan Hai No, who sponsored the motion, said he wants Trudeau's Liberal government to take a lead role in urging all parties in the dispute to recognize international laws and cease all activities that would escalate the dispute. No said in a statement The government cannot afford to ignore the emerging realities of the South China Sea disputes. It must take an active role supporting its diplomatic allies. A spokesman for Canadian Foreign Minister Chrystia Freeland did not comment directly on the Senate's motion, but said Canada remained concerned by regional tensions associated with disputes in the South China Sea. The spokesman, Adam Austin, said in an email, It is essential that all states in the region exercise restraint and avoid coercion and actions that will escalate tensions. The motion passed Canada's Upper House of Parliament, 43-28, to 28, with six abstentions. The Chinese embassy in Ottawa said in a statement that Noah was trying to stir up troubles in a situation that has been calm. The embassy said, This is respons- irresponsible. His purpose is nothing but casting shadows over the China-Canada relations, which develop smoothly currently. China has repeatedly defended the work, saying it has every right to build on what is considers inherent Chinese territory, and that it is building public facilities like weather stations and typhoon harbours. The motion was opposed by a group of independent senators who said it was already out of date when it was introduced two years ago and runs contrary to Canada's interests in Asia. Senators are appointed on the advice of the Prime Minister, and can serve until 75. Opinion polls consistently show voters would like to see the Senate abolished or reformed. The Asia Hand Admiral Harry Harris is to be the new US Ambassador to South Korea, Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull has confirmed, filling a post that has been vacant for 15 months harris the commander of the u.s pacific command who is known for his hawkish positions on china had been due to become washington's man in canberra until a late switch the move comes with the korean peninsula in sharp diplomatic focus with the leaders of north and south due to hold a summit on friday tomorrow and u.s president Donald trump expected to meet kim jong un in the next few months Tunbu said he had been informed of the change of plans early this week just as Harris was set to begin confirmation hearings in Washington. Turnbull said late yesterday during a visit to France, I'm disappointed that Harry's not coming because he is a really good friend, and I think Harry will be disappointed that he is not coming to Canberra too, because he loves Australia. But Harris is a guy of enormous experience and ability, and given the situation on the Korean Peninsula, given the tensions there, I can well understand why the President has decided that the Admiral's expertise and experience is going to be put to better use in Korea than in Australia, he said. The Ambassador's job in, at Canberra has been vacant for nearly a year and a half, but Turnbull was quick to play down any notion that the last-minute switch, sending Harris to Seoul, represented a snub to one of Washington's closest allies. You know the relationship between Australia and the US is so deep, it's so intense, it operates at so many levels, he said. The US charge de affairs, Jim Caruso, said he shared Turnbull's disappointment that Harris would not be taking charge of the embassy, but acknowledged his skills were needed in Seoul as Trump prepares for an unprecedented meeting with North Korea's Kim. Caruso said of Harris on Sky News Thursday, I would have been honoured to work with him. We need our best person immediately available to go to South Korea and handle what's going to be a difficult negotiation, he said. President Donald Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, said yesterday he would assert his rights under the US Constitution to avoid self-incrimination in a lawsuit filed by adult film star Stormy Daniels, who says she had an affair with Trump. In a filing in Los Angeles Federal Court, Cohen said he decided to assert his constitutional right after the FBI raided his home, office, and hotel room two weeks ago. Cohen wrote in the filing, Based on the advice of counsel, I will assert my Fifth Amendment rights in connection with all proceedings in this case due to the ongoing criminal investigation by the FBI and U.S. Attorney for the Southern Districts of New York, The Fifth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution states that no individual can be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. By asserting that right, Cohen can avoid revealing information in Daniels' civil lawsuit that could aid federal investigators in the criminal probe of his business dealings. Last month, Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, sued Trump and Cohen to invalidate a non-disclosure agreement related to a $130,000 US dollars payment she received from Cohen before the 2016 election to keep quiet about her alleged one-night stand with Trump a decade earlier. The probe of Cohen's business dealings and the FBI search of his office that uncovered information related to the $130,000 US dollars payment started with a referral form from Special Counsel Robert Mueller, who is investigating alleged Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election and possible collusion with the Trump campaign. Russia denies meddling in the election, and Trump has denied any collusion. Lawyers for Cohen and Trump have asked for the Daniels case to be put on hold for 90 days. At a hearing last week, U.S. District Judge James Otero said he needed more time to review the request for a stay. Trump has denied having an affair with Daniels or any knowledge of the $130,000 US dollars payment. Earlier this year, Cape Town grabbed the world's headlines as it careened towards a water Armageddon. Crippled by a three-year-long drought, the South African city braced for a complete shutdown of domestic water supplies, known as Day Zero. In the event, Cape Town dodged the immediate bullet. But thousands of kilometres away, Another African city has had far less luck and much less attention for its ordeal. A resident of Bowik, Ivory Coast's second-largest city, said, while she awaited her turn to draw water from a well, we haven't had a drop of water from our taps for three weeks. An employee of the state-run water distribution company, Sodeci, who asked not to be named, said, the situation is catastrophic. Located in grassy savanna, around 400 kilometres from the Ivorian economic capital of Abidjan, Bowick is a city of more than half a million souls, with a million more in surrounding territory. The area has been hit by a double whammy. The dammed lake that supplies 70% of the city's water has run dry. One factor is an unprecedented drought that has gripped the region, a phenomenon in line with experts' warnings about climate change. But another, says the Territory's Director for Water Affairs, Sado Kolebali, is the impact of unregulated sand quarrying, which has altered the course of waterways feeding the reservoir. Computer technician Elisa Conan told AFP, We are struggling to get clean water for drinking and cooking. Washing has become difficult. It's a real ordeal. In a bid to bring some relief, the city has begun drilling wells to obtain fresh water. Hussain Kostius Chisoko, director of the drilling firm Forachi, said last Thursday in the Hofwetville district, We have finished a first operation and will be moving on to the second site in two to three hours. In all, ten wells will be linked by pipes to a Sodechi water tower, which will then be able to distribute two million litres of water per day. This will relieve the population but is far from enough to replace the usual supply from the loka dam, Shisoko said. For now, Bowik Hospital is being supplied by tanker trucks, along with the city's two prisons and the university campuses. Heavy rain fell one night last week, to the joy of many. Awa Kolibali said in the Belleville 1 district, We collected lots of water that night. The heavy rain allowed us to fill all our receptacles. But once we've used up this hoard, what's going to happen then? We should go on praying to God for rain every day. In the Sokora district, the owner of a car wash made the most of the downpour, selling jerrycans of 20 litres of water for 500 CFA francs apiece. He was swiftly overwhelmed. No rain has fallen since, but in any event rainwater and tanks are insufficient, said another resident, Mariam Konate. The government must deal with this problem head on. Some people, however, long ago started to take precautionary measures. Aramata Torre, who, sa- who sells vegetables in Da Es Salam 1 district, has dug her own water supply. Around here, it's the well water that we use, along with our neighbours, she said. But that is not a long term solution for everybody. Even the well starts to dry up. When lots of people rush for water, said Amoin Konan of the Ahok-Nanso district. Donald Trump may well pull out of the Iran nuclear deal for domestic political reasons, French President Emmanuel Macron said yesterday, after he and his American counterpart held talks addressing the agreement's future. Near the end of his three-day state visit, Macron told U.S. media that while he did not know specifically what Trump will decide, He believes the U.S. leader will get rid of this deal on his own, for domestic reasons. Trump, a fierce opponent of the July 2015 agreement signed by the Heeran and international powers, must declare by May 12 if he will essentially walk away from the existing deal when the renewal deadline arrives on May 12 or stay in. Macron had come to Washington in part to plead for a more comprehensive new agreement that would address what he and Trump believe to be shortcomings of the existing accord, Trump has branded the Iran deal insane and the worst in history. I have no inside information on what decision Trump will make on the agreement, Macron told journalists. But I listen to what President Trump is saying, and it seems to me that he is not very eager to defend it. Macron recalled that Trump made killing the Iran nuclear accord a campaign pledge during his 2016 presidential run. The rational analysis of all his statements does not make me think that he will do everything to maintain the agreement signed with Iran to prevent the Islamic Republic from acquiring an atomic bomb. Asked whether such a decision would signify a personal failure for him, Macron stressed that his role is not to try to convince President Trump to walk away from his campaign commitments. Instead, he offered further defence of the deal, saying, I'm trying to prove that this agreement makes sense. The proposal that Macron put forward to his U.S. counterpart involves preserving the existing agreements on the first four of four pillars of a future deal. The others will address the period after 2025, when certain clauses concerning nuclear activities will sunset, Tahiran's highly controversial ballistic missile program, and its destabilizing role in the region. Macron said, For me, it's progress. It avoids falling into the complete unknown if the US decision is a hard exit. He confirmed that the proposal was a strategy coordinated with European partners and not a unilateral one. And this is your news for today. Thank you for listening.